This podcast is brought to you by NetBank. Whether you're thinking of franchising your business, buying into or revamping your franchise, stay tuned for tips on how to grow your brand and portfolio. Welcome to episode 3 of the franchising podcast powered by NetBank. Today we'll be interviewing Kevin Robertson, Chief Operating Officer for Spur, on the importance of franchise or support. Kevin has a long-standing relationship within the Spur Group. He joined Spur in 1987 as a waiter and was appointed to the board and as managing director of Panarotti's Pizza Pasta in 1999. Kevin managed the group's operations in the UK from 2008 to 2011 and was appointed as a director of Spur Group PTY Limited and National Franchise Executive in 2012. Kevin is responsible for managing Spur South Africa inland operations and provides the board and other brand chief operating officers with strategic input. Hi, Kevin. Hi, how are you? Thank you for inviting me. Great to have you be sharing what is a long-standing institution in South Africa's restaurant industry and franchise sector. Tell us, Kevin, what kind of support should a new franchisee expect from Spur? I think a new franchisee from any franchisor should expect quite a lot of initial support. The fundamental issue is obviously the location, the size of the store, where he needs to build or where they need to build, where they don't need to build. You need to support them from a training point of view. You've got to give them full disclosure in terms of your business, the business model. You've got to make sure that they have the necessary funding, that they have the necessary people, and most importantly, that they want to get into franchising because franchising and running your own business are two different things. Do you provide a turnkey solution that the franchisee um, uses specified shop fitters, specified designers, specified equipment suppliers, or can they go widely to other people or suppliers. We do do a turnkey type operation, but not turnkey as you would define it. We don't make any money out of the development of a store per se. So you're more than welcome to choose your suppliers, be it equipment, be it builders, certain things you can't and like the decor because that's unique to Spur. But um, yeah, um, we prefer it if you use people that we do know and that makes it a lot easier. The last thing you want to do is have a table that doesn't suit for once of a better word. So transparency is really critical if I hear what you're saying. I think in the franchise or franchisee relationship, transparency and trust between parties is paramount. Are there specific tools that you employ specifically for site selection? We do a whole host of things. There's obviously in the demographics. You can get reviews done by various companies. There's the Fern Ridges and a couple of them as well. We, uh, we rely on shopping centre demographics when they build shopping centres. The landlords do a lot of um, market research to see whether the centre is going to be viable or not. We have a look at the competition within the area. Yeah, so there's a lot of tools that we use. The last thing you want to do is build a store where the store is not going to work. It makes no sense. Do you find that your restaurant brands work well together like a Panarotti's Pizza Pasta and a Spur in the same centre? Yeah, I think you've got different brands. Some of them are similar in terms of their family offering. 
but um, the brand cores are different. Spurs obviously steak, ribs and burgers, whereas Panerati's is pizza and pasta and we have John Dory's as well and that would be, you know, fish and grill. So they complement one another and you'll find in quite a few shopping centres we've got all four or five brands in the same area and it works, yeah. Spur also has operations outside of South Africa. Is, correct. Is that correct? correct? Is that mostly in Africa or also other countries outside of Africa? We've got operations in Australia. We've got Spur in Australia, Panerati's in Australia and Rockamama's in Australia. We've got operations in New Zealand. We've got operations in Mauritius, which is also the three brands. And then we in Africa as well, Namibia, Nigeria, Angola, etc. Yeah. Kevin, is it important for you as a franchisor to be part of the lease negotiations with a franchisee and a landlord? Yeah, I think it's fundamentally important. The rent or your monthly rental that you're paying over to the landlord plus the annual escalations is a fixed cost. It's the most important cost because the franchising model really works on a bearable. So it would be a percentage of turnover. So you need to understand what you can afford from a rental point of view. If you don't, you could be in deep trouble, no question. Do you think you as a franchise are tougher with landlords than a franchisee would be or, or just depends? Over years we've developed relationships with landlords, good ones. So when we go see the landlord, we kind of understand the business model between the two of us and it makes it a lot easier. So I think we have a little bit of pull there. Well, sometimes it doesn't work, but we know what we can afford and what we can't afford. So a new franchisee needs a lot of training and what kind of training would one expect from the group as a new franchisee? I would say the A to Z of running a restaurant, we teach. Yeah. So you can't leave anything out. You know, there's nothing that's not important. Everything is important. So when we train, I mean, if you went in raw, you've never been in the restaurant industry, you'll probably find that you'll be cleaning dishes for the first day and we'll work you all the way up so that you can manage the income statement and the general service of the restaurant, the value proposition, the products that are manufactured. Yeah, there's a lot. No, we train everything. We have to. A new franchisee could possibly be chaotic, especially with opening specials and fanfare. Are you there? How do you deal with the openings? We will never let a store open on its own. You know, you can train somebody to manufacture a product. You can train somebody to look after the customer service in the front of house. But when you open a restaurant, to get them to do it all at the same time, it's a mere impossibility. So we spend two to three weeks as a team. So we normally have five or six people in assisting with the opening and, and we don't leave until everything is 100% right. And some hand-holding. We do that all the time. It's our job. The marketing support that you give to franchisees, is that, is that extensive? It's very extensive. Uh, we have above line and below line. I think if you have a look at the TV, we're doing a lot of brand ads on TV. We have big associations with some key players. You'll see this comprehensive marketing support. Franchisees are customer, they pay us a lot of money. It's our job to administer the marketing fund. We're fortunate because we bulk buy, so we get better offers. So yeah, I know we give them a lot of support as far as the marketing, also local. There's a lot of local marketing requirement, not just the national marketing. A lot of social media are happening at the moment, so we've got to support them in terms of agencies. We do all the artwork for them. Now we create turnkey, as you would put it, uh, infrastructure as far as marketing is concerned. Do you allow franchisees to do local area marketing or does that have to be approved by you as the franchisor? We like to approve everything, but we certainly do allow them. They know their local markets a lot better than we do. We'd be naive to think that we don't know what's going on in a particular area. So yes, we support it, provided it sits within what we agree to and what we don't agree to. 
And when you devise a national marketing campaign, will the franchisees have access to seeing what it's about and be able to influence the campaign at all? We've got a marketing committee, so we do discuss the campaigns with our senior franchisees or the people that are elected by franchisees to sit on the committees. So they very much know what the marketing calendar is going to look like. Do we go tell everybody beforehand? No, because unfortunately it gets out. And then we have our competitors doing similar campaigns just prior to our launch. So now we keep it strictly confidential for as long as possible. The ongoing support that you give to franchisees, what kind of format does that take? We have a, an operational team, so it's more operational support. So we have an operational team in every office. So we've got four offices in South Africa. We've got one in Cape Town, one in Port Elizabeth, one in Durban, and one in Johannesburg. Each store is allocated an operations manager. An operation manager typically manages between 12 to 15 stores. But the operational manager almost becomes a senior manager of the store, and it's their job to know everything about your business, from the financial well-being to the service levels, to the product quality that's been served within the store, everything. So, you know, we support, we do the A to Z again of support for franchisees. And if you've got very entrepreneurial franchisees that one restaurant's not enough, will you allow them to open second and third restaurants? We have multiple franchisees. So we've got some franchisees with as many as 40 stores plus. So, uh, yes, we do. Absolutely. It works in our favor. They understand the brand. They are brand ambassadors. And it's a testament to the fact that it works because why would you want to buy a second one if the first one wasn't working? Absolutely, absolutely. So would franchisees be able to contribute to the menu, bring on new items? Yes, absolutely. We, we have a marketing menu committee. So every I think it's twice a year we look, we review the menu, we review the content and uh, they're part and parcel of the process from start to finish. And there's quite a lot involved when you redesign the menu. Your point-of-sale system and your back-office accounting system, is that standard? All franchisees use the same systems? We have two or three systems on offer, but the data set we manage. So you can get various multiple point-of-sale system, provided we manage the backup house and dictate what goes onto that point-of-sale, no problem. But it's a fully supportive system. It operates both back of house and front of house. And it's a system that would allow you to ring up a cold drink to balancing your stock to doing your financial statements on a month to month basis. So it's critical, yeah. Do you do any benchmarking? So, for example, comparing stores, general GP to that in the region? Yes, we do it all the time. We have a look at the it's called the financial statements. I've got 293 spurs. We get them every single month. We do comparisons. We look at trends. We identify opportunities. We do that all the time. It's, it's very important. I would imagine it's fundamental to improving as well if a franchisee's GP is below what it should be. The GP is very important. So are the other costs. So, uh, yeah, we look at GPs. The menu dictates GP, obviously. But the other costs are also important, like energy is an expensive commodity at the moment that we've been controlling. Labor is becoming a little bit more complicated than it used to be. So yeah, we need to be ahead of it. We need to see problems if they're arising and obviously deal with them. Your customer complaints, and how, I'm sure they're very few, am I right? Absolutely none, yeah. <laughs> how do you deal with customer complaints? We have a call center, believe it or not, but a call center with a difference, it's internal. You'll find most companies outsource call centers. 
And I think the last thing you want as a customer in Boxburg is to phone uh, somebody in India and have to deal with somebody who doesn't work like that. So we take complaints very seriously in our business. We have it internal. If a customer is going to phone and complain, we'll know about it. It needs to be resolved ASAP. I think we have a 24-hour turnaround time. But I'm also pleased to tell you that the customer care call center, if you have a look at the complaint or the number of queries, you'd find that 95% of the calls that we're getting are more training related. You know, what do I do with the family card? Uh, where is the local spur? What time does the spur open? So yeah, yeah it's, uh, that's pleasing. Yeah. Well, you know, Spur's an institution in the country. It's, it's. I mean, how many, how, how old is Spur now? It's 53 years old. There you go. It really is an institution. Poor performing franchisees, maybe you have none. No, we've got none. Absolutely none of them, yeah. <laughs> but in the event that you would have a few poor performing franchisees, how do you deal with that? It depends on what the problem is, you know. It could be a store that's not doing the turnover. So then we would look at, you know, what can we do to grow the turnover or increase the foot traffic within the business? You know, is it a marketing opportunity? Is it a service opportunity? You know, you've got to identify the problem and let's see if we can resolve the problem. You know, that's our job. That's what franchising is about. Franchising is about taking somebody, selling them a recipe and making sure that this recipe works on a day-to-day -day basis. So we don't have problem franchisees. We have opportunities every now and then and love our franchisees, we love our people. So, you know, we're a partnership. We'll do what it takes to make sure everything is right. And how do you deal with franchisees interacting with each other for support? We encourage it. We've got no problem with it. Our franchisees are at the coalface. They do the long hours. They're a little bit more experienced in certain areas. You know, they have different buying practices. They've tried different things on different nights. So. You know, if they can talk to one another and they can come up with uh, great ideas that shared between them, they're fantastic. No problem. It certainly comes across the maturity of your approach with franchisees in that compliance and rules are important, but you open up to new suggestions, interaction, a lot of consultation. Would you say it's a maturity aspect that, or, you know, new franchisors are very strict on compliance and the rules. Look, we're very strict on compliance too. So there are non-negotiables as one would refer to them, but fortunately our non-negotiables make business sense. So, I mean, it's in your interest to serve a good quality product. It's in your interest to have a clean and tidy restaurant. It's in your interest to do a whole host of things. So, you know, the compliancy isn't an issue at all. We don't seem to have a problem with that. So yeah, we encourage it. We, we're quite happy. We love the ideas that come from franchisees. All the good ideas that we get basically do come from franchisees. Um, like I said, we're business partners. Yeah. So we, we, we encourage new, um, new technologies, we encourage good ideas, and we appreciate the feedback. Kevin, you've stuck very much to restaurants for learning experience, lengthy stays. Have you, have you or do you plan to venture into quick service restaurants? We've got Rocker Mamas, um, which is a... Um, gourmet uh, burger brand which was created by one of our franchisees Brian Noltrich and they now looking at a Rocco Go they've opened two Rocco Go's uh, one in Bromfontein and one in the south coast so it's early days yeah but it's looking encouraging it's a completely different model to a sit-down restaurant but I think it's important because you'll find a lot more fast casual concepts coming into the market and if you want to go internationally to first world markets labor's a constraint a big one 
So the only way you can really do it is you've got to change your business model completely and the, the fast casual, as we refer to it, works well. How do we stand up internationally? I mean, you speak about other countries you operate in. Are we sophisticated? Do we have a lot to learn? I don't think we have a lot to learn. I think any South African concept can work very well internationally, but it's a different business model. You know, over here, we have a labor cost of X. If you go internationally, you can almost double that. So as long as you can deal with that, I think you can be very successfully internationally. But it's got to do with the labor stroke GP model. It's completely different. Kevin, it's been fascinating listening to the extent of support you provide and the real open-heartedness and people orientation that you clearly have at Spur for your franchisees. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. Thank you very much. This podcast was brought to you by NetBank. Stay tuned for more on franchising or search NetBank Franchising for valuable information. See money differently. NetBank.